we've had them both for some time, so if you use them, anything every day, that's, you know, you either repair it or junk them. But we want to study this morning how to study the Bible and enjoy it. And that uh, came to my mind after I was talking to a person this week, and they said, well, I make myself read and I make myself study, but I don't enjoy it. And uh, I didn't comment to her what I was thinking because uh, I don't know her circumstances. But there are conditions for profitable Bible study. And uh, you can read the Bible if you're lost. You cannot understand the Bible if you're lost. That's the first thing. You may understand certain things are acknowledged, but uh, God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, God said, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish, foolish unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Now, you know, you have got to be saved and in the center of God's will before that you understand that you may be able to quote a scripture, but that does not necessarily mean that you know the meaning of that particular scripture. So if we believe the Bible, and I do, as we've just seen here in the second chapter of 1 Corinthians, you know, when he, when he met, but all we've got to read the first part of it, but the natural man, or the lost man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean that a lost person can't memorize that, a lost person can't read that, but the understanding of the Word of God, the first requirement, you must be saved. And even if you're saved and out of his will, you're not going to understand what you would if you was in his will. You cannot understand the Bible by learning Greek or Hebrew. Uh, when I first came across that truth, I, it sort of bothered me a little bit. But when you look at John, the, the third chapter, John chapter 3, and verse 3, look what God said. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, of a truth, of the truth, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And the uh, Greek simply means that until he has some acknowledgement or ability he cannot see, he cannot understand. You know, and somebody may say something, and you may use the term, I don't see what you're getting at. We could say, I, I don't understand what you're saying. But yet, God said, you know, verily, verily, of the truth, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We talk to lost people, and we ask them if they're saved, are they on the way to heaven? Oh, yeah, I plan to, you know. They're planning on going to heaven when they die, but 
it's like a man at the end of the year, I'm planning to pay my taxes to keep my house from being foreclosed, but you've got to have the money. Well, you have got to have a spiritual understanding to know certain scriptures. doesn't mean, you know, a lost man can know more scriptures than any of us. He can quote the Bible more than he, but, you know, it's like, I don't believe that. Well, you, I love poetry. I write a little bit from now to now, but I'm basically a reader. I just love poems. But I don't understand some of the poems, but I can read them, I can appreciate it, and we appreciate the word of God. But God tells us, you know, because we know the Greek or we know the Hebrew or we got the latest amplified Bible that takes that word, breaks it down to us. You know, I'm for a concordance. I have the Young's concordance and the other one. And it helps give you the meaning of the word. But because you know the meaning of the word, it does not mean you have the ability to practice what that meaning is in your life. But if you're saved, you can enjoy the truth that God is telling you and telling us. Notice with me in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. God says here, said, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It's not amazing. Sometimes you can remember some of the words that maybe your Sunday school teacher. I never had any problem with children when I was teaching them over the grace that they would memorize, but the parents, man, you know, they let you know in a hurry, you know, I don't have time to help my child know all of these scriptures, you know. That's what Sunday school class is for, and it's not. Sunday school class is to lay it out. But if you don't practice what you hear in preaching, you don't practice what you hear in Sunday school, if you don't practice what you understand in the Bible, you know, you went through a procedure, but you're no wiser than you were when you began. And I realize some people disagree. Some people probably even uh, take, take offense to that. But the problem is that only, only a child of God saved have the ability to understand the full meaning of the word of God. And we look at one more verse on that point, and that's James chapter 1 and verse 18. The book of James chapter 1 and verse 18 where James said, Of his own will begot he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Have you ever talked to somebody that's lost and they tell you, Oh, I plan I plan to be saved before I die? Have you ever thought about that statement? I plan to be saved before I die. So what they're telling me, I know when I'm going to die, so I'm going to get saved sometime before then. That's an impossibility. 
because you don't know when you're going to die. What you do, you go ahead and surrender your life, surrender your all to the Lord, and it makes no difference when you die. You've already preparation. The same principle of going to the airport, hoping you can get a ticket, or going to the airport and having reservations. I've got my reservations. I know. I don't know when the trip's going to take place, but I bought my ticket, paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. So it makes life wonderful. I may get sick, I may, but I don't, I don't worry about dying. Don't worry about dying. And the only reason that I have prearranged funeral, I, I don't want to put that on my kids. I don't know why. That'd be a nice way to, to get back at them, wouldn't it? <laughs> but anyway, you know, I'm, I already know. It's planned out. I just don't know the date. But if you're lost, you don't know the date. You're like me on that. But you're, you have no way of preparing unless you prepare the day because the day may be the last day you have here on earth. Brother Hunley, who, uh, you know, he was the first one that ever told me about Jesus Christ, and I, was, I mistreated him right there in the hospital room and, his daughter drove down from the mountains here a while back, and, 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 you know, and, and I apologized to her, and she said, you know, uh, you were lost. Lost people are capable of saying anything. And a lot of people don't agree w- with that, but you are. A lost person is capable of doing it. A saved person is capable but we have the restraining spirit of God to keep us from doing if we yield to him. So uh, ye must be born again, and we must make sure that is, and uh, you, know, you can know, you know. I would hate to lay down at night not knowing, not having assurance that if I died during the night where I would be. Now, God said in John chapter 3 and verse 7, we all f- familiar with that verse, ye must, ye must be born again. He said, you know, come of a woman that was Samaritan, you know, to draw water. And Jesus said unto me, uh, her, give me to drink for his disciples. You know, and we can go on, but if we go back up to verse 6, now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. I love that verse because it tells us that Jesus, right here, he was also God, but he was all man. He got tired. He got hungry. He got thirsty. He became all things so that he could understand my problems. He could understand your problems. So he said, now, Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied with his journey. He gets tired. Can you imagine that? The very God who spoke this world into existence gets tired. You know why? 
He couldn't be my Savior if he wasn't all man. He couldn't be my Savior if he wasn't all God. And then he, he said, you know, Jesus, therefore being wearied with the journey, said thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me the drink. For his disciples were gone away unto a city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asked of drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. So, so we think the problems between the races is something new. It's always been a problem. It's always been a problem. But Jesus explained it makes no difference. If there's a need and you can fulfill that need, you ought to do that. But that's not what's happening here in this war. You know, our intelligent elite from all the colleges, and I'll give you some encouragement, it's only a small group. If you've watched the news, you know, every college student is an idiot. They're out there marching. But only a handful of those are out there marching. Because they probably could not tell you what a true Jew is, but they want all Jews to die. You know, and I've been in that place a little bit with different races. But thank God he wasn't in it. Our second point is getting a spiritual appetite. A student of the Bible should be able to say that I need this. I need the word of God like I need natural food for my body. And, you know, most of us was that way when we was first uh, saved. We had a, a desire to be in church faithful. We had a desire to try to learn the Bible, learn the books, you know. Some of y'all were probably more fortunate than I was, you know. When God saved me, I didn't know there was more than one John in the Bible. You know, I was stupid about the Bible. I wasn't Job, it was Job, you know. And, and I'm not embarrassed about that because I was just lost. We didn't have the opportunity that our young people have now. But anyway, in Job 23 and verse 12, in Job 23rd chapter and the 12th verse, we see here, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. You know what Job is saying? If you got to take the word of God from me or take the food away from me, take the food. That's just how important the word of God was, you know. So instead of when we get ready to rest for the night, you know, we may say, man, I've been so busy today, I haven't ate all day. Have you ever said, I've been so busy today, I haven't even picked up the word of God? Come on now. Because we are, we got the word of God, we got Christian beliefs all around us, we, we take it for granted. 
You know, I think if we all be totally honest, I mean, what we we do when it's plentiful, you know, the day is coming, I believe, that we're not going to be able to go to a grocery store and have abundant of things to buy. It's not going to be there. How do I know that? That's prophesied in the Word of God. And everything that is prophesied in the Word of God will come to pass. So, study of the Word stimulates love for the Word. My grandson asked me yesterday, he said, Papa, you play golf? I said, most people I'll play with tell me I can't, you know. But uh, if, if you want me to play golf with you, I'll certainly play golf with you, you know. But I'm not a, you know, I'm no golfer, <laughs> you know. I, re- I remember at, at IBM, we used to pick sides. I just got used to it. I was the one that was left. Nobody want me. You know, we want to be associated with the very best. Spiritually, that's Jesus Christ. Does Jesus Christ offer his best to me or to Steve or to Callie or to anyone? All they got to do, as John said, call upon the name of the Lord. All we got to do is call upon his name. So like a baby's hollering mama. We call upon Jesus. So the second fundamental condition for profitable Bible study then is to have a love for the Bible. Do we have a love for the Bible? I remember when I preached the revival down at uh, Mississippi and Dave to win with me, and uh, one of the young ladies that Jay stayed with said, your dad is a good preacher, but he uses way too many scriptures. You know why she would say that? Because most preachers will give a text and depart. I mean, way depart. But it's our responsibility to have a scripture for every point we make. If not, it's my opinion. You understand? And you don't want to hear my opinion. You want to hear what God says about it. So you must be born again. You have a spiritual appetite. And then three, digging for treasure. How do we do that? We've got to be willing to work hard. You've got to be willing to think. Let's look at Proverbs again. Look at Proverbs again and see this point. In Proverbs, let's go to the front of the book. Proverbs chapter 2, I believe. Proverbs chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. God said, My son, if thou will receive my words... Now notice, and hide my commandments with thee so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom 
and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou tries after knowledge and lift up thy voice for understanding, if thou seeketh her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure. Then in verse 5, Then shall thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, the Proverbs also tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's to fear God. I mean, God has control my next breath. He can extend it or he can take it. So we need to have a certain amount of reverential fear. You must be willing to think. I mean, you know, that's a, a silly statement, you know, but, but, you know, if you go out here this afternoon and do something stupid, if you're saved and you can do that, it's because you didn't think. You just follow the mood, you follow the crowd, or hey, I've never done this, I've tried once. But notice, notice even what God says about that in Psalms chapter 1 and verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. It's easier to understand but his delight is in the word of the Lord. And in his word does he meditate day and night. When you read the word of God, and I've always had the opinion and still do, it's better for you to read three verses and understand what God is saying than to say, whoopee, I've read three chapters today. You understand that? I mean, there's pleasure reading. You know, I thank the Lord myself for Bible on a tape. You know, I've got it on on tape. I've got it on CDs. I've got it on cassette tapes. But I mean, you know, sometimes when I'm just going through stuff, I'll put the Bible on and just listen to it. And you say, "You can't." Yeah, you can. Don't you ever, when you're doing housework, you turn on the radio, you put a tape in the tape player? You're not listening to every word, but you do that several times and you'll know that song. You listen to the word of God while you're doing something else and you may not pay attention, but you're getting important parts. That's what... The psalmist is saying, his delight is in the law of the Lord or in the word of the Lord and his word does he meditate day and night. You know, it's, it's good to use law because a law is something that you ought to do. If I'm going to be everything that I need to be, I've got to be familiar with the word of God. Because everybody else will tell you what is good and what's bad, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But God's word is the final authority. 
And the psalmist was giving us a primary example here that what we ought to do and how we ought to uh, handle the word of God. So he tells us, and Joshua 1.8, you know, in a simple word, how can we study the word of God? We got to think. We got to think. What is he saying? Since we're here in Psalms, and he said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. What's he talking about? What's he saying? I'm saying that I get enjoyment to know what God expects of me, what God has promised me. And the only way I'm going to find out is either be faithful in the Word of God, whether it's reading it, listening to it, going to prayer meeting, going to church. We've got to be accustomed to know that when the Word of God is being read, God's speaking to me. If you're saved, he's speaking to you to feed you, to nourish you, and if you're lost, to stir up your dead and wilderness spirit. We need to think, you know, when we take Psalms, uh, the 23rd chapter, you know, about all of us know at least part of this, the 23rd chapter. We're talking about how to study the Bible and enjoy it. When we look at Psalms 23, And we see verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Stop and think about that verse. Well, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The shepherd's job is to take care of the sheep. The great shepherd, he will take care of me. Whatever my problem may be today or tomorrow, if I lean to him, he will either bring somebody to me, give me the ability, but his focus in my life is to take care of me. And sometimes it's simply of teaching me to help myself. To help myself. You know, we can take these great truths and they are simple, but oh, how... They'll bless your life if you just take one of them. One of those truths you may hear in a service or talking to somebody as we look in the book of uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, and we see here what God said. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. I underline that little two-letter word. Do. So you put the do here in your mind. These things which ye have learned, if, you, if God has taught you something, do those things. And receive, you do it. And heard, you do it. And seen in me. That's why that we need to understand probably this is the most important thing. Somebody, somewhere is watching you. What do they say? Most of us, you know, if we don't say it, we think it. I don't care what they think. Well, that's, that's 
That's the human part. That's the human part. But as a child of God, some people, when they look at you, that may be the only thing they'll ever know what a Christian looks like and how a Christian responds. So Paul was very plain about it when, when he tells us this. And when we look at the, what God is telling us, we notice in the 19th verse, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. And how's he going to do it? By Christ Jesus. He's not going to do it any other way. If I'm sick, the great physician will heal me. If I've got an emotional problem, he'll help me. A mentally problem, you know, I spent just a few minutes last night on the phone with a lady that I've been talking to for some time, and she said, you know, if I admit that I've got an emotional problem, then people will uh, tag me as being something wrong. Really? Is it more important what somebody thinks about you or would you rather God to say, this is my child? Now, see, you can't do that if you're lost. Listen, you can't do that if you're out of his will. But to do that, you've got to be dead on. God can change my health, emotion, anything he wants to do. Some of you had asked me, you had talked to me, and, you know, I went back for the, the six-month uh, examine on my heart and all that, and, and my doctor looked at me and she said, you know, everything is better than it was six months ago. I said, isn't God good? That's the only thing you say. I mean, oh, I still have a heart problem. I still got a cholesterol problem. You know, I still got this. I still got that. But I didn't bring it on myself all at once and probably won't get away all of it at once. I don't care if it's one point lower than what it was. Who did that? God did it. And he used me to do it. That's the part we don't like. We don't like that part. God will give you the ability. He'll give you the energy. He'll give you the know-how. But you got to do it. He'll teach you things in the Bible you've never learned before. But you're not Joseph, and he don't work through dreams in our lives. He'll teach us by reading, studying, praying, and yes, meditating on the Word of God. We see that uh, finding the treasure keys, you know, Let's, let's look at John 
chapter 7. I know we turn a lot in the scripture this morning, but John chapter 7 and verse 17, God said this. He said, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. If you're living in the will of God, and when you spend time listening to these sermons on radio, he'll show you what is true and what isn't true. Y'all know who Charles Stanley is. I don't, he has a son. His name is Anthony. He pastors about three or four different churches. And Anthony says on his latest message that I heard, and Anthony is very capable of preaching some good message. But he said, every member of my churches are equal. Did you go to school four years to learn that? No, we're not equal. Some of us are more healthier than others. Some of us are more brighter than others. Some of us understand the Bible. Some of us are obedient. Some of them not. See, and that's where the religion is going. We're all one. Wake up. What's that for? When the Lord comes back and that universal one church, black, white, yellow, red, English, Portuguese, making difference. That's a wonderful thought, but it's just not in the Bible. The only equal we are with anybody is that if you're saved and I'm saved, we're saved the same way. So, in John chapter 7 and verse 17, you know, when John said, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God. In other words, if you want to learn more about the Bible, you've got to be obedient to what you already know. I mean, I'd preach a whole sermon on that and give you a list of at least 25 or 30 scriptures that teach God blesses the obedient. He's blessed all of us. He gave us air to breathe this morning. But if you want to be really blessed, so that you know without a shred of a doubt, don't make it different what circumstance that it is, if you've been washed in the blood, you're glory bound. And no matter how bad it gets, God's going to take care of his people. I believe that. I also believe there's going to come a time that the Lord doesn't come back soon. You'll go over to Walmart and Kroger's and you won't find half of what you need. God said, I'll take care of my own. So he said here in John 7, 17, he said, if any man will do his will. Well, God said, doesn't seem to bless me. Are you doing his will? 
Do you even know what God's will is? Well, I don't know what specific will is for any of you. I only know it for me. But I know one thing. God, if God saved you, it is his will for you to uplift his name, glorify his name, and to preach the gospel when you have a chance. You said, I'm not a public speaker. The best preaching is not through what you say, but what you do. So we got to surrender. We'll get clearness of spiritual vision necessary to understand God's book. You must have a surrendered will. Number five, you got to use it or lose it. You've heard that, haven't you? Do you remember, take you back to Bible school when you remembered all the books of the Bible? Can you name them now? You just wrote the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes. But we don't use those things now. You know, they're given in Bible school and so, you know, what did you learn in Sunday school? Mrs. So-and-so taught us the Beatitudes. Can you say them to me, you know, and the kid repeats them and mom and dad says it's proud? But do we keep that atmosphere where that child can continue to learn what those beatitudes really mean? You come as a child, you have a childlike mind toward the word. But when we get into the word of God, we learn, we learn, and we find out that it's a lot different between understanding what the Word says and really knowing what the Word says. So we find out here in Matthew, the 11th chapter, and the 25th verse, that God says, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Isn't it amazing how somebody can have a doctor's degree? I know a lot of doctors that are behind the pulpit and don't even know how to tell a man to be saved by simply believing. They'll give them a list of what you've got to do. If I've got to do anything to get saved, then God didn't save me by himself. But what happens is when I got saved, when the Lord saved me, revealed that to me, Then the Spirit came inside of me, and a person that is lost, a person that is under conviction, does not have the Spirit inside of them. But it's the moment that you get saved, the Spirit of God entered. And I'll take you back to my favorite verse in John when Jesus said, It's expedient, I'll go away. If I don't go away, then the Spirit won't come. But when the Spirit comes, that same Spirit entered Steve, that same Spirit entered Brother Reynolds, Everybody that's saved, that spirit, and that spirit will not teach me one thing and Callie something else. And I'm one of very few preachers that will get up and say that. No. 
I don't care what that sweetheart Presbyterian preacher tried to tell me a few weeks ago. I'd brought up in the Presbyterian church. They told me I was baptized because they dropped a few drops of water over. Well, it's just a, you know, it's a symbol. A symbol? Then you got to go down underneath the water all the way by the authority of a Baptist church. Why would you be afraid to boldly stand for God's word? Can't understand that. So we got to come as a child. We got to believe God's word. And the key to understanding is three words. I'll close with this. You want to understand the word of God? I believe everybody here would like to understand the word of God. There's three words. It's prayer, prayer, and prayer. Y'all ever seen that little commercial that he's trying to sell insurance, you know? Getting you $1,000 worth of burial insurance and the older people like me think, oh, man, a thousand bucks. They won't even open the ground up for a thousand bucks. But he said three words, price, price, and price. Well, I've got three words, too. Prayer, prayer, and prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the time.